plants thrive and grow in a peaceful, nourished environment, right? Well, it's the same with human beings. But what if that environment is not so peaceful? What if it's toxic? Welcome to Coffee Break, breaking the cycle of bullying in healthcare, one cup at a time. In this podcast, you'll get practical, evidence-based strategies to help you cultivate and sustain a healthy and respectful work culture by tackling an age-old problem in healthcare, bullying and incivility. I am your host, Dr. Renee Thompson. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Coffee Break Podcast. As you know, bullying and incivility happen because they can. And it really takes dedicated leaders like all of you to do something to stop it. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's giving you the practical tools, tips, and strategies for you to take action against bullying and incivility. Today, we're going to be talking to, I don't know, Deb, I think you're one of my favorite humans on earth. Oh my God. Thrilling <laughs> is mutual. Well, thank you, Deb Pearson. And I want to tell you a little bit more about Deb before I officially introduce her with her bio. Deb and I met about three or four years ago now. I can't remember. Was it three? Four. Four, four, four years ago. Yeah. When I was hired by her organization to implement our Department Culture Change Initiative. And this is where we go into an organization. We pick three departments and we do what I lovingly refer to as a deep dive. And I met Deb. Deb was one of the managers of a department and Deb was really struggling. She wanted to cultivate a healthy work culture. She wanted to address bad behaviors, but just didn't know how. And I fell in love with Deb. I think the first day I had a conversation with her because she was just so genuine. And I will tell you, we worked really hard to actually transform her culture. And today, I love it when we're together Deb will say, I am the face of healthy workforce. Everything is healthy workforce. She has transformed her department. And would you say, Deb, you've transformed yourself as a human being? Yes. Healthy workforce has not only just impacted our work environment, it's impacted my life. Definitely has impacted. It came in a time in my life where I needed it, needed yeah. something like this. So yeah, it's well, definitely been. You are definitely one of our superstar students, if I could call you a student at the time, because now you're the teacher. You teach this now with other leaders in your organization. And it's just been unbelievably gratifying to know where you started and where you are right now and that how you're making a positive impact and other leaders and other departments. So I just wanted to tell you a little bit more about Deb. She started her nursing career over 23 years ago and really focused on obstetrical nursing, where she currently works as a nurse manager of a busy tertiary care labor and delivery unit at Kaiser Permanente. I will tell you, women's and infant services, labor and delivery departments are some of our most popular departments that we actually do work with. Deb has over 150 staff under her leadership. She is credited for innovative approaches to care delivery and leading with a focus on advocating for safe patient care by embodying her motto, every patient, every time. I just love that. 
the transition of the culture on the labor and delivery unit can be credited to the work that she did with us and really providing Deb with the tools that she needed to cultivate a healthy work culture. These are some of the things in Deb's life that she's most proud of. Deb lives in Gilroy, California, which I was, I didn't know that about Deb. I love Gilroy, California. I love garlic and it's like the garlic capital of the world. And didn't you say, Deb, you could smell the garlic in the air? Oh yeah, it's all in the air. In the mornings, it's just really pulsating the air. You will love it. That'd be my happy place. I love garlic. I'm Italian. You almost have to love garlic when you're Italian, but. You have to, yeah. Yes. Deb also has three adult children, three grandchildren, and you have one on the way. I do. I'm so excited. It's a little girl, too. So it's a little girl. Oh, I love little girls. And again, I have a a beautiful grandson, too. So I don't want to, you know. Me, too. Yeah. Yes. Grandbabies are the best. And Deb and I talk about how children are great. I love my daughters. But I tell you what, everything stops for those grandbabies, right? Yes, ma'am. Everything stops for them. Okay, I really want you to share with our leaders some of your journey that you've been on towards a healthy work culture. And how would you start by defining it? How do you define a healthy work culture, especially in healthcare today? Well, I will define a healthy work culture. First of all, you have to offer good care. Yes. A place that offers good care. And that was one of the requirements that we had to meet. It we was. had to offer good care. It has to be a place that you have a foundation. And now, because I'm on the other side, having a foundation like healthy workplace, a place where you can respect each other, mm-hmm. where we talk to each other and not about each other, where we help each other. These are the type of places that now we have graduated to. This is the type of place, this is a healthy work environment yeah. where staff is not afraid of leadership. Right. Staff is, yes, where they want to come and talk to you. Whenever I see in my emails now in the memo line, healthy workforce, oh. this is how, then I know, okay, we got to jump into action. But staff have no problem in coming to me coming to my office. It was a time when staff did not want to even enter my office alone. I remember. Because of fear of, okay, it's us against them. But we want to break that type of culture where it's us and them. But we are all one. We are all one. We're all here for the same thing. And that's to take excellent care of our patients. So that's what we are moving towards and working towards. You said so many powerful things just now. Some of them, we've seen this a lot, especially let's say you're a leader in a unionized organization. We know that there's this disconnect between the leadership team and the staff. And that was happening when we started this work, where, as Deb said, they didn't even want to walk into your office without a representative next to them. And now they freely come into your office, they talk to you because they don't see you as something separate. That did not happen overnight. But one of the things that I'll never forget this, I was in a meeting with some of the leaders in the union and we were talking about our work and I was a little apprehensive. I didn't know what they were going to ask me, how they would treat me. It was Mm -hmm. an amazing meeting in a positive way. What 
they said made all the difference and they were such champions for this work. Nice. They said it was because the leaders admitted and told their staff that they were working on improving themselves too. It wasn't just, hey, I'm fine as the leader. You guys got a problem and we need to fix you. No, it was they said, because I think you did such a good job with this. You told them, I'm working on this too. Yep. I'm learning too. And that coming across, I think, as a little bit vulnerable as a leader and mm-hmm. that you're not perfect, you make mistakes, was something that you did so well, Deb, is you show mm-hmm. them that you're part of them because you're all learning this together. And I don't even know that I've ever shared that with you, but they gave a lot of kudos to you. You know what? I can do that because I was a frontline staff. Mm-hmm. And that's so important for your team to see you as a part. I'm a part of them when it comes to when it gets really busy and really crazy and I have to roll a bed or I have to make a bed or whatever I have to do. If they can see you in that light, then they begin to trust. You know, you talked about vulnerability. There's certain things that I've learned from this journey. Being vulnerable, having courage. These are the things that helped me along the past. That vulnerability is so important. It's not the top down. We have to see that we are equal. I'm responsible, of course, as a leader, I'm responsible for certain things. But when it comes to it, we are all on the same. We are all human beings. And that's what's my message to staff. We are all here for the same purpose. And that is to take good care of our patients and to make sure that our patients are getting what they need, the care experience for our patient. And not just saying it, no. See, we can't just say uh-uh. it. You, you have to talk the walk or walk the talk, however you I say it. But I you have to really, it. yeah, you have to really show it. And leaders have to model the way. And you have to get in there and show them, show the vulnerability, show the courage. Because mm-hmm. doing this work, it's challenging. Yeah. But you have to believe it. One of the things I remember when we first met, it was back in 2019 we started. That's right. February 2019. Right before COVID. And I remember when my leader asked, hey, would you like to be a part of it? And would you like to be a part of the healthy workforce journey? I was so excited in my soul that I went home and I talked to my children about it. And even my youngest daughter, she was like, did you talk to the kind lady today? She loved the philosophy. She loved the things that I was telling her about it healthy workforce. I remember that day. I came in with my, Aww. like it was the first day of school. I had my special outfit on, had my notebook. I remember. Because I really, in my soul, I knew in my soul that this was going to do it. And I put all my eggs in one basket and I knew this was going to do it. This is going to make a change in the department. Yeah. And it did because I knew it in my soul. But I had to have courage And in the beginning, there's certain things. There's a type of strategies you have to have in the beginning, in the initial. My strategies changed over time. Once I hardwired it, then I had new strategies. But in the beginning, I had to come in with full belief. I had to believe it, I say, in my soul, my whole being. Regardless of anything else anyone said, I knew this was going to work. So I was all in, 100% all in. And also I followed the curriculum. I lived on your every word. Everything you said, 
you said to book in your meetings. Guess what? Deb was booked into her meetings. Hey there. Did you know that workplace bullying and incivility are on the rise, causing burnout, turnover, and poor patient outcomes? Yet, organizations don't always do a good job equipping leaders and their teams with the knowledge, skills, and tools and resources they need to address workplace bullying and incivility. I mean, it's a huge problem that without a solution is likely to worsen. Well, the good news is at the Healthy Workforce Institute, this is what we do. We equip leaders and their teams with everything they need to cultivate a healthy, respectful, and professional work culture free from bullying and incivility. Now, if bullying and incivility are a problem in your organization and you are ready to do something about it, contact us at wecare at healthyworkforceinstitute.com. We'll schedule time to chat, and figure out what makes the most sense for you. Together, we can make healthcare a kinder, more respectful and healthier workplace. Looking forward to chatting with you. I started with something healthy workforce. I ended with something positive. And you know what? Because I lived on that, I still do the same things four years later. Good. Well, you you to sustain this work is yes. you, you incorporated those key principle strategies because sometimes people will say to us, well, how do we make sure this isn't just another flavor of the month? Right. And we always respond by saying one of our best strategies is incorporating healthy workforce as a standing agenda item in every one of your meetings. Well, yeah. once you do that, the very first time you take it off the agenda because something else more important shows up, well, now you've made it one more thing. Once you start, you have to be consistent. And Deb, you've done such a great job. And for those of you who are listening, who are wondering, what are bookends? What are bookends? What I find sometimes is that leaders will have a meeting and then they end with something positive. Uh Uh-uh, you have to shift that. So what we recommend for the bookends start every meeting with something positive. It could be a recognition. It could be a win. It could be something somebody's celebrating. And I always say, end with a reminder. The easiest reminder is really just to start by saying, remember everyone, the way we treat each other is just as important as the care that we provide today. And make more like today, not future ongoing, but today, because people haven't, it's easier for them to say, okay, well, I'm going to be kind today. I don't know if I can be kind, you know, all month long or all year long, but today I'm going to be kind. And you said a couple of other things. First of all, you have to believe it. We have leaders reaching out to us all the time, especially right now, really struggling and we know we can help them. But sometimes I'll be talking with a leader and I don't know that they believe that it can get better. And that may be no fault of their own. That could be that they're in such a a state of they're so stressed, they can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But I think for this really to work, you have to reach down deep and pull out. And you said that courage and that belief that Mm. it can get better and it will get better. It might not happen overnight, 
And you know, Deb, I say this all the time to the leaders we work with, trust the process. Trust the process. Step one, yeah. step two, step You have to trust yep. the process because your culture didn't get this way overnight. It's not going to change overnight, yeah. but it can change. And you know, one of the other things that I love about healthy workforce and that I use as another one of my strategies is it's evidence-based. Uh-huh. And you're dealing with professionals. And when you bring it from the evidence, then you see those ears opening up. The evidence tell us when there is negativity in the workplace, our patients are negatively impacted. Yes, they are. And when there's positivity, the same happens, positivity for our patient. So I bring it from the evidence because it's all evidence-based and we're dealing with professionals. And that's one of the keys. Another strategy, bring it from the evidence and you'll get your nurses on board. And another thing about healthy workforce, those department norms, yes, it's generated from the frontline staff. Right. Hey, wait a minute. You said, talk to me, and this is how you want to be treated. And these are the strategies that you use to ensure that we're impacting our patients, we're impacting our staff, and it begins to grow over time. We were at the height of COVID. Yeah. And another strategy, like you said, don't stop. So how do you go through COVID and still keep this up and still make it important and still make it the theme and not just the flavor of the month? You drip it. You never stop. You may have to take your foot off the gas a little bit because there's so many important things as far as when it comes to COVID, but you never let up. You still, because we still had staff meetings. It still was my, I still book in my meetings. I still had my bulletin board. We still worked and we still changed because then the staff began to see, hey, one, this is evidence-based. Right. Two, I'm leaning strongly. We learn how to lean strongly on those department norms and they make a difference when you lean on, it's the evidence. You've done the work for us, Renee. You've done the work for us. You just brought it out. You've done all the work. And that's one thing about evidence. You don't have to do anything. It's there for us. And all we have to do is one, have the courage. Right. And just continue to do the same things over and over. And another thing, it's simple. Right. It's simple. It's not no big thing. Yes. It's simple. Be kind. Respect. Smile. Help me when I'm drought. How much simple can you get? You you cannot. And this is what I have. I've walked the walk because I try to, I am respectful. I am kind to a core. That's who I am. So that's another thing that it spoke to me because this is who I am. I'm like, this is who I am. This is what I want. I want people to feel good when they come. Not so much good, but respected. Because, you know, the emotions, I can't, I don't want to be a part of that emotion, but I want to make sure that we are respected when we're here at work. Yeah. And again, you said so many really great things. You talk about even during COVID, you did not let up. Now, let's say you usually spend 10 or 15 minutes talking about a healthy workforce topic. Today, we're going to talk about gossip and your words that show up and how are we going to reduce it? While today you might only talk about it for 30 seconds or one minute. Right. But it's not like you could say, all right, everyone, we're in crisis right now. Go back to being mean to each other. You're Go back right. to not helping each other. Right. Go back to yelling at each other. And this is what we told all of our clients, all the leaders we were working with during COVID. Slow down with this. It's okay. 
just don't stop. Once you put a stake in the ground and you say the way we treat each other matters here, you cannot set it aside because of other issues popping up. Actually, you should do more with healthy workforce because oh, that's when you really need it the most. Because when people are so stressed, that's when they start lashing out at each other. And making that of this is the way we do business here. And you've done that so well, establishing that these are our norms. And you mentioned department norms. So one of the things that we do as part of our system is we get together with the entire team and we ask them, how do you always want to be treated by each other? How do you never want to be treated by each other? And that helps them to form a set of norms. And it's my favorite. It's actually my personal norm. If I've done something wrong, if I've made a mistake, if I've disrespected you in some way and maybe don't even realize it, please tell me. Don't talk about me behind my back. Just tell me. Talk to me, not about me. And those are things that it's not what Deb has to say. It's what we say. And once you have those norms, it's so much easier so then yes. I don't want to say, you know, hold people accountable because it's not an official document of the organization. Nobody signs it. It's just this is how we treat right. each other in this space. But Deb, I want you to talk a little bit about your champion. So as part of our system, we identify employees to step into a healthy workforce champion role. I have probably, oh, I've been so proud of the work of Deb's champions, that she'll send me videos of her champions and how their champions are leading the effort. And Deb's just sitting back as the guide on the side watching her champions floor. So can you tell us a little bit about your champions and maybe some examples of what they do? Because that, I think, will really help our listeners. You know, champions are so important because it's the front line. Champions Mm -hmm. are the front line. The leadership We bring it, we introduce it, but it's the front line, those champions that's going to drive this initiative. And I've had the best champions. In the beginning, I was there more every meeting. And that's another thing. You have to meet with your champions, Mm -hmm. being in there, making sure that they're getting the message across and that they're understanding. But once at this point, there's been time even at this point, I had to jump in there and kind of course correct, you know, sure. that bulletin board, maybe we can do it more, you know, whatever, kind of course correct. Mm-hmm. But now at this point, the recognition and the celebration of their colleagues have been amazing. Some of the things I'm like, what? Where did you guys, how did you guys think that? So creative. You know, I think they're so creative. So at this point, when I'm not able to make the meeting, they still are able to go on and they're still working, they're still planning. One of the celebrations that have been a real hit for the team is when they had a ball and they put lollipops around. I remember that one. Yeah. That was so awesome. Yeah. Yes. You get a treat. So they say they will go to Renee. Renee, you will take a lollipop. And if there's a color underneath, first of all, you take a lollipop, then tell me something nice about Annie. Mm-hmm. And then that is a way of you celebrating your colleague. And if you have a color on the bottom of the lollipop, you get a prize. Right. I thought that was such a hit. You get a treat and you get a prize, right? So Absolutely. it was a way of recognizing each other. And one of the other things that I found so amazing that the champions created was celebrating our, I call them our guest nurses, their oh. travel nurses. Yes. So we are a kind Thank of you. respectful place. So I wanted to think of a way of not just calling them travel nurses, 
but you're a guest in our house and we treat our guests special. So our guest nurses, they will celebrate them on the first day. They will give them little pens or maybe a little coffee mug or something saying, welcome to our department. They already have gotten their department norms and their orientation, their orientation, and they're given a gift. And the champions are now going to them. Welcome to our unit. They were like, wait a minute, did we do something wrong? No. You are a guest in our house and this is how we treat our guests. And this is our culture, incorporating a healthy workload. So the champions are amazing. And that's so important is picking your champions. They're going to drive it. Now, you as the leader, you have to be there in the beginning. You just can't let them go. When you're four years into it, you could kind of miss a few of those meetings because they are excited about it. Their boards are amazing. Some of the boards, I just can't believe it. And when I say our bulletin, our healthy workforce bulletin board, it's still in practice. For in the same spot, four years later, that bulletin board is still there. Oh my gosh. And we still deck, we have the holidays coming. They do some amazing boards. Yeah. It's hardwired. So. We have hardwired the process. I'm curious because we're talking about a healthy workforce bulletin board and other fun bulletin boards. I have heard this before from people. Tell me if you have encountered this. Some people will say, what are we in kindergarten? You know, you got to have all these cutesy little things on the bulletin board and oh, give a shout out to this person. Oh, pull a sucker, you know, pull lollipop. Do you have that pushback from people? So now. Once you hardwire it, you pass that. So in the beginning, you kind of get that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But this is where your courage comes in. And this is a way you have to be able to speak to that. You have to get your team to understand that. This is so important in the process. And circle it back to the patient. Always keep that patient as the center of yep. all they do. This is what we do to remind us of being kind, of being respectful. And when we're doing some fun things around it. We want to recognize each other. So in the beginning, I had a little bit of that, but now they're, they're waiting for it. The next they're excited. Because exactly. You're right. There are times where I'll hear this, especially when we start this journey with a yep. department that people are making fun of it or there's a lot of pushback. And I just remind them, when you start talking about culture and behavior, it makes some people really uncomfortable. And sometimes their coping mechanism is to make fun of something mm-hmm. because, again, they're uncomfortable because some people, they may be concerned, how is this going to affect me in a negative way? Because, you know, the human being, we're, you know, negativity bias, we're always looking at things through that negative lens. And what I try to just reinforce to the leader, and you did exactly this thing, is it's okay, don't stop because more people want this. More people want the fun, pull a lollipop out of a styrofoam ball and see if you get a prize. It's so funny. It's kind of embarrassing. My husband does the grocery shopping. He doesn't do it all the time. But sometimes when he comes home from the grocery store, he gives me scratch off tickets. You know, this lottery. I stop everything. Like, I need a coin. And I scratch off. And if I win a dollar, I want a dollar. It's silly. But it's the little things like that, that, I don't know, add some fun into my day. Yes. So yes. you have a coworker that helps you with an issue you're having with the patient. And you might think, oh my gosh, I'm so glad she was able to help me. 
and then it just goes away. But if you have a bulletin board where I can actually write that and post yes. a sticky, because I'm telling you, and even the people who are a little, let's just say, Carmudsons, I guarantee if you have a board that people post positive things about their coworkers when nobody's looking, they're going to be looking at the board to see yep. if their name's up there. Sure. Yeah, more people. Definitely. People do. And we did have a Boylington board like that where we post and recognize people. And it's just so amazing to build that culture of kindness, a culture of kindness where you come to work and you know, you know, it's not perfect. I don't have a perfect department. Right. And I will never have a perfect department. Probably I'll be without a job. But we do. We lead heavenly. Those department norms are so important. I've had my department in Morris for a few years. We're about to dust them off now, Good. as you say. We're yes. dusting off those department Good. norms. I kept it for a little bit because now they're hardwired. When you say, talk to me and not about, they know what I'm talking about. Yep. You know, respect, we smile. So we're about ready to dust off those department norms. They will never go away. They're hanging on the wall in our unit. Yeah. And whenever we have anyone that comes in, any new staff, they know that, hey, this is on the interview. We have a culture. How many departments you know have a culture? Right. We have a culture. And these are our department norms. And whenever I'm interviewing, they're like, wow, I love that. Yeah. And if someone's like, well, I don't want to be a part of that. Sorry, I can't hire you. They're not a good fit. And, you know, yeah. okay. It's one of our ways to hardwire a healthy workforce culture is you have those norms and you include those norms in your interviewing process, kindness, yes. respect, treating each other as professionals is not optional here. It's part of the job right. requirement. And if that's exactly. not okay with you, then this is not a good fit for you because you want to make sure you protect the culture that you've just created. Yes. And you know what? I can tell you, it took about approximately two years mm -hmm. where you start seeing that change, that turn. So that's why I like to talk about courage. And in the beginning, it's so important. And leaning, I had to lean on you so strongly, Renee. You remember those days I when I was emailing you and Texting. I was calling yep. you and I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. Never did I feel like giving up, but having that strong leadership behind you, it's mm -hmm. so important. And I could be grateful to you. There's so many things that I'm grateful uh -huh. to you for. Because this has impacted not only my work life, but it has impacted my home life. I do recall one of these, talk to me, not about me. You know, yes. those things is embedded in my brain. And just, you know, what do you need to make this work? What do you need? And how you keep checking in with your champions. You're not just saying, okay, you guys are good. Bye. You know, you can handle it. You keep checking in. It's so important for the executive to keep checking in and offering that support and showing their commitment to yes. this work, even when things get really tough. And we always oh. have those times where things get tough, but courage, making sure that you are so committed to this so that there's no going back. I forget what the example is, but if you want to get to the other side of, say, an ocean and you want to put your stake in the ground and you want to grow a colony, you got to burn the boats. Because mm -hmm. as long as you have a way out, 
you will never be successful exactly and what you want to do you have to burn the boats and i'm i know i'm not saying that right but you have to burn the boats you get the reasoning behind it you said i'm burning my boats we're going all in we're doing this exactly. no matter what no matter it, how difficult it was no way out it was no turning back it was like as my life depended on it and i'm so so grateful for your team so grateful for the strong leadership we had at the time that really encouraged me and really said, you can do this. It's so worth it. You're doing and even just saying it's a good job. Even though I remember walking into a, a huddle, I was shaking. Aww. But you know what? It went in my head, never let him see you sweat. Right. I was shaking. I had to run into my office after, but it's okay. It's okay. You can survive it. You can be strong. As long as you have you have Dr. Renee Thompson her team. <laughs> And they will get you through. And I'm just so excited that I'm on this side of it. Challenge steel. But the only thing is to, from a leadership stance, we have to always continue to grow. We have to always continue to learn. Everything you have given so much, so many important information that has helped me. And I lived on every word. I had to read it. I had to. But not only that, you have to be a learner. Yes. You have to be a student of life. That's one of the things that I pride myself of is being a student of life, always learning. Leaders are, are learners and leaders are readers. And those are the things that I encourage all leaders to do because when you search for it and search for things and search for it, and you're out there, hopefully there's leaders that are out there searching for how do we work this out? You're going to bump into Dr. Renee Thompson. Well, and she's there. When you think about it, everything that you want to do, everything that you want to accomplish, pretty much someone else has accomplished it. Somebody else has exactly. been successful. So that you and I are so alike when it comes to being, I'm a forever student. Read every single day, learn something new all the time. My poor team, I learned something like, ooh, we're going to do it this way now. Or how about this yeah. way? Or this is what we're going to focus on because I learned something. And I mm-hmm. think that is another, it's sort of um, not really a philosophy, but I guess it could be where it's one of my core values or principles is that I'm always learning something. How do I get better? How do yep. we improve here? And I think as a leader, if you're not willing to do that, maybe leadership's not the best fit for you. But then I take That's it bad. back to even at the bedside, you have to always be willing to learn and improve and get better. So I would just say, how about as a human being, Mm -hmm. the most successful human beings are the ones that realize that they don't know everything. They're not the best at everything, but they can get better. And as we start wrapping up, is there maybe one or two actions that you can share with our listeners? If, If you have a leader right now saying, oh my gosh, I was Deb, like four years ago when Deb was in her situation, that's where I am now. Is there Mm -hmm. any advice that you could give them on how they can start, especially if they don't have the opportunity to work with us or maybe work with anyone that they're just doing this on their own? What advice would you give them? First of all, I do believe you need, even if you don't have blessed with Renee and her curriculum, you have to read on how do you deal with disruptive behavior. You have to have that courage to confront it. You have to confront it. It's not going anywhere. You have to be able to call it out and you have to know how to call it out. And you have to trust your process. Sometimes you just have to know. And it's the courage, being able to call out the disruptive behavior because you have to know 
Think about your patient. Put yourself in the patient. You are the patient in the bed. You want to make sure that your patient is impacted positively. Because if there's negativity, that patient is going to be negatively impacted. You're right. Because Sally and Sue, they're not giving off the full S-bar, right? Because they, I don't like Sally. So I'm not telling her everything. Right. She's going to make a mistake. So you have to reach out, look for, you can always get Dr. Renee Thompson's books. First of all, be a learner, be a reader, and read, search. If you search, you will find. One of my favorite books talk about searching and finding. But if you search, read, and really confront the disruptive behavior, that's the way of doing it. I believe it to my soul. That's a really great, if you look at the just two actions you can take, one of them is that you said, Deb, you have to start confronting disruptive behaviors, period. We have to start confronting them. And it takes a lot of courage to be able to do that. Yep. And it's okay. I always tell people it's okay to be uncomfortable when you're confronting someone's behavior. Confront anyway. It's okay mm -hmm. that you're uncomfortable. Heck, I'm still uncomfortable when I have to have one of those courageous or honest conversations with someone, but I, I value and respect a person enough and I value our culture, even on our team enough to have that conversation. So yeah. confront disruptive behaviors, have the courage to do that and then be a voracious learner. Because again, yep. anything that you want to accomplish, someone has already done that. And I bet they've written about it somewhere or they mm -hmm. have some type of resource for you. So make sure you access yep. that. And as we really wrap up, you were talking about reading. Is there anything that you're reading right now? Is there anything you would recommend to the leaders listening? Yes, I'm reading right now, Change Your Brain Every Day by Dr. Daniel Amen. Oh, I like I realize how important that brain is. Mm -hmm. The brain controls everything. And it's so funny how I found this book. I allowed myself, I really don't watch television. I don't have the time. But when I go away, I usually do. And I was, you know, I don't look at whatever stories and I don't really like to. So I'm searching. I'm like, I'm always looking for someone to feed me yeah. with some information, some knowledge. And I came upon Dr. Daniel Amen and this book, Change Your Brain Every Day and How to Really Protect Your Brain. It's so important. It, you want to decrease, make sure you don't get dementia and all of these things. I recommend that book highly. And I'm also a podcaster. I've turned my car into my library. And I love to listen to Jim Rohn, Wayne Dyer, Jordan Peterson. These are the people that I listen to. They have kind of a part of my life. They feel like my friends. So it's so important. It's there's anything that I could just help someone from a leadership stance, be a learner, and also be a reader. I probably have said this already a gazillion times, but I do. I read for 30 minutes every single morning, something yep. educational or something instructional. And people yep. always ask, how did you get so knowledgeable about behavior? Is there a course that you took, bullying and incivility? I said, no, I've just been fascinated by human behavior for since I can remember and I've been reading and I've learned from so many other people. You mentioned some of my favorites. So I like Dr. Daniel Amen. His work on even nutrition, I think, is really great. So I definitely have to put that one on my list. It's so good. I recommend that. It's well, so good. And as I get older myself, I think of my cognition and what can I do now to protect my brain 
from some of the badness that's out there. So right. uh, anything related to the brain. And I'm, I am an old neuro nurse. I mean, I work neurosurgery. And so from a physical standpoint of the brain, I know it well, but from uh, everything else and looking at good brain health, I'm still a learner for sure. Yep. Uh, just this one book I would like to add, anything John C. Maxwell, but oh. this one, How Successful People Lead. It's a quick read, but it's some important things in there. John Maxwell, I had the opportunity to hear him speak live at an event that, I, that I went to. And I was like, oh, my God, it's John Maxwell. That's so good. A little groupie in the audience. He's fantastic. He's and his principles of leadership are simple, practical, mm-hmm. yes. powerful at the same time. So I agree, Deb. A couple of things in our show notes, you'll find a way that you can connect with Deb. We'll have her LinkedIn profile there. And the books that she mentioned, we'll have those listed, along with some of the other resources that Deb mentioned in our conversation. And so just check out the show notes and you'll find those. Deb, I just want to thank you so much for being a guest on the show. But more than that, for being a champion for a healthy work culture and giving leaders, I think, the inspiration, the courage that they can achieve exactly what you achieve. It takes time. It takes courage. It takes support. It takes knowledge. But I'm telling you what, you can get there. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. I thank you for doing what you do and sharing it with the world. I appreciate it. It is definitely my life's work. There's no doubt about it. And I want to thank all of you who are listening right now and for doing your part to cultivate and sustain a healthy work culture. And I really just want to remind you, and I think you should do this. You should do the bookend, start with something positive and end with a reminder. So remember, the way we treat each other is just as important as the care that we provide. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to Coffee Break, breaking the cycle of bullying in healthcare one cup at a time. If you found these practical strategies helpful, we invite you to click the subscribe button and tune in every other week. For more information about our show and how we work with healthcare organizations to cultivate and sustain a healthy work culture free from bullying and incivility, visit healthyworkforceinstitute.com. Until our next cup of coffee, be kind, take care, and stay connected.